Good evening, everyone. It's so good to see you this evening here at Victory Christian Fellowship for our Wednesday night refreshing. And we just give God all the glory and all the praise. Father, we give you thanks and praise that you gave us the greatest gift, Jesus, and your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we honor you in all things. And we exalt your name tonight. And we just thank you, Lord, that you inhabit our praises as we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Amen. Let's stand together tonight. Are you ready to sing? Joy to the world, the Lord is
Let's just lift our hands in this place. Oh, we thank you for the wonder of your love. What you've done for us, Jesus.
solid rock, steadfast, immovable. And we bless you tonight. Thank you for being with us, Lord. We've gathered in your name so that you can move in our midst. And Lord, we thank you that you speak to us. For I am the one true God. There is no other beside me. And I am leading you on a path of righteousness for my name's sake. It's a path that I illuminate with my word. It's the path that is narrow. Stay on the path. Let my spirit lead God and direct you. Oh, for I have great, great things in store for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Hallelujah. It's good to be in God's house. We're glad that you're here tonight. If you're watching online, thank you. Amen. Hello, everybody. Everybody looks so beautiful and handsome and online, too. Everybody. Everybody's all glow with Christmas. Okay. (laughs) Thursday, tomorrow, is Bible Adventure. Woo! And I know that kids come, and they come from elementary school, so from Northside and Forge, third through fifth grade, and we have kids in our community getting saved and bringing in families, and it is awesome. So that's happening tomorrow. And then on Friday, the 15th, is Woven. And that is at 6 p.m. Ladies, I encourage you to come on out and to invite a friend because Dr. Fiona is awesome every month. But in December, she sets you up for the upcoming year, for the new year. And so it's always, like, extra, like, power. Okay? It's good strategy It's good strategy for the upcoming year, so you don't want to miss this one. And we are doing a special Christmas, like, book and tea exchange, so you can bring a book. If you would like to participate, we'll have extra books. We just want you to come and be free and bless you with gifts and with tea, and we'll be all warm and have a fun time, okay? (laughs) Okay, then following that on Sunday, okay, Sunday the 17th, we are having our ladies' book club. That's after service from around 1230-ish to 2. 
We're going to be finishing up Dr. Fiona's book, Removing Blind Spots for a Limitless Life, which means we also get to pick our next book at this one, too. And we are leveling up, so I know there's going to be new things happening, and we have surprises. And I love surprises. Even though I already know the surprise, but I like the excitement. <laughs> it's all going to be good. Okay. <laughs> um, Tuesday, Tuesday the 19th. I'm trying to go in order by dates because that's how I'm thinking right now. Helps keep me on track. Tuesday at 6 p.m. we are having our youth group Christmas party. So as a special announcement, we are going to have like Extra food and games, lots of games. I know some of our Rama people are coming in as well because they're home for the Christmas break. And so we're going to have lots of people here, and it's going to be a great time. We are going to have a short message because we always preach the Word of God, right, so that everybody has a chance to hear it. And I know Josh is going to do that, so I'm very excited. I know, right? And then that's a whole week. Then it's Wednesday night refreshing again. It goes by so fast. <laughs> we got lots of events happening. And then, as a quick note and a reminder, Christmas Eve is Sunday, December 24th. We are going to have our Christmas candlelight service. I love this service every year because I love the candles when it gets dark inside and everybody sings. And it's just, like, so beautiful. Okay? So we have these postcards that say, Happy Birthday Jesus on them. So I encourage you to pass them out to people and remind everybody that Christmas is all about Jesus and we can come and celebrate, have a huge birthday party here at church. Amen. That's all the announcements. (laughs) Awesome. Hallelujah. Well, we have some uh, kids here. Amen. So we're going to have kids live tonight. So you want to, kids, we want to dismiss you, and you can have your class. Hallelujah. And then you're giving tonight. You can give any time during the service. And if you're watching online, you can give through our website that way, and Lord, I just give you thanks and praise. I pronounce the blessing of God upon every gift and giver, Lord. And we thank you for the privilege and honor to give into your kingdom. And Lord, we thank you that as we give, you reward us and bless us in return. And we're so grateful because we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're in the Christmas season. Do you like this season? Amen. Hallelujah. Christmas is about Christ. And uh, we started a series in December called The Benefits of Christ's Birth. And uh, some of those benefits are salvation, Holy Spirit power, fulfilling God's word and will, um, angelic intervention, uh, worship, generous giving, Dreams, joy, greatness, repentance, God's kingdom, and faith. And uh, tonight, we're going to talk about uh, fulfilling God's will and plan. And the Lord gave me a phrase this afternoon, know what was read, know what is read, 
and do what's said. Say this with me. Say, know what's read. And do what's said. You know, God speaks to us in two ways. Through his written word and through his spoken word. Through the word of God and through Holy Spirit. Amen? And uh, everything God does, he does to fulfill his word. God stands by his word. His word is forever settled in heaven. It doesn't need to be changed. It doesn't need an upgrade or an update. It is perfect. It is flawless. It is pure. It is holy. And God's word is alive. It's living. It's quick. It's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It's the only instrument that can discern between the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and it actually it can discern our thoughts and intents of the hearts. Amen? So the Word of God is, uh, has been given to us, and uh, God, does, God brings about, He brought about this world through His Word. And He sustains it through His Word. So uh, I want you to get in tune to follow God's plan. You know, God's got a plan for you. He wrote it down. God is such a planner that he wrote it down for you. And we're going to get into that a little bit. And uh, we have to fulfill his mandate. God's got a mandate, right? A commission. Uh, the Bible is God's playbook. And only the Holy Spirit can call an audible. We can't call an audible, but Holy Spirit gives us an audible. And um, we have to do things by the book. You know, God does things by the book. Why did he give us a book? He gave us a book so that we could know some things, right? This is how, this is God's primary way that he reveals himself to us through his written word. Amen? And uh, the Bible is an amazing book, (laughs) And the Holy Spirit, he's God's teleprompter, right? If you need a message on the spot, it's the Holy Spirit that's going to give that to you. He's God's teleprompter, right? You can't see him, but you know he's there. (laughs) Hallelujah. And uh, do you know what God wrote about you? Do you know what God wrote about you? You could ask him. Amen? Amen. And uh, for your life, whose script are you following? Whose script are you following? You know, God gave us scriptures, right? He gave us a script to follow. And the word of God needs to govern our life. It, it, we need to think like the word says we should think. We need to speak like the word says we should speak. And we need to live like the word says we should live. Amen? It's our guiding light. Jesus, the word, became flesh and dwelt among us. He had all the qualities and characteristics of humanity. He was fully human and fully God, right? So we need to let God's word become our thoughts, our behavior, our words, and our actions. And we need to take on the master's qualities and characteristics. 
If the word can take on human characteristics, then humans can take on word characteristics. Amen? We're word people. This is a word church. God says to preach the word to all the creation. Amen? And uh, go with me to John chapter 15. I'm going to get to the Christmas story here in just a moment. But John chapter 15 says a very interesting phrase, verse 7. John 15, verse 7. It says, it starts off with the little word, if. Everybody say, if. That means you've got to make a decision if you want this to happen to you. Right? This is not automatic. He says, number, number one, if you abide in me. That means if you have a relationship with me, if you are in union with me, if you have a covenant with me, right? If you abide in me, how many know that we can abide in Christ, right? And, everybody say and. This is a conjunction. He's hooking up two phrases. I'm I'm going back to my uh, schoolhouse rock days. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Right? So abiding in Christ is good, but then we have to add this element. And my words, plural. Where does his words need to be? Abide where? In us, in you. God, you were meant to contain God's words. God's words can abide in you. God gave you a heart. We're we're supposed to hide his word in our heart. He said, if you abide in me, And my words, plural, abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done to you. Isn't that powerful? But the key to asking what you will and having it done for you, number one, you've got to abide in Christ. Number two, his words have to abide in you. How does his word get in you? If I just touch it, will it get in me? Nope. I've got to, I've got to hear it. I've got to receive it. I've got to believe it. I've got to accept it. Amen. Amen. Okay. Go to Colossians chapter three. Colossians chapter three and verse 16. Hallelujah. Colossians three and verse 16. He says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you barely. Doesn't say barely. No, it says richly. Richly. In other words, you need to have a rich deposit of God's word. You need to have a treasure chest. You need to have, you need to stuff yourself with God's word. We can stuff the turkey with stuffing, but we need to be stuffed with God's word. Amen? Notice, he said, let the word. You have to allow the word to dwell in you richly. We, we have to have an appetite for the word. Amen? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, Singing with grace in your hearts 
to the Lord. Hallelujah. So we have to have an abundant supply of the word in us. All right? And, and we know Jesus quoted scripture. Right? There, there's all different places in the New Testament where Jesus quoted scripture. So Jesus knew the word. Right? He knew where to find the word. He knew where to locate the word. And he was the living word. Okay? Now, there are certain things that God wants to do in the earth that whether you believe it or not, it's not going to stop God. Okay? God's going to do what he's going to do. But there are certain things that God will do, that God wants to do in your life. But that requires faith to receive it and activate it. All right? So sometimes God wants to do something in the earth. No matter whether we believe it or not, that's not going to stop it. But if God wants to do something in your life and you doubt it, that will stop it from operating in your life. Because it takes faith to activate and receive what God wants to do in our life. Amen? So... Whatever God says, he writes. All right? Let's go to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 22. Notice what it says. So the angel was talking to Joseph here. And uh, in verse 20, uh, Matthew 1, 20, uh, Two, uh, well, let's look at verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Now, all th- no, notice this phrase. All this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by of the Lord by the prophet. Okay? So God gave Isaiah a message that a virgin was going to be born, was going to have a child, his name was going to be called Emmanuel, God with us, right? That was 760 years before the Savior was born, okay? But it came about, see, this is the phrase I want you to think, it came about, it happened that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, what the Lord spoke to the prophet, he wrote in a book, and we can look back to that book and see what was written because God operates by his word. Okay? So that's the phrase that we're going to zero in on. It was fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet. All right, let's go to Matthew 2 5. Matthew 2 5. They were wondering where the child was going to be born. And where did they look to find where the child was born? They looked to the prophets. They looked to the prophet Micah. And he wrote hundreds of years before, and uh, verse 5, it says, And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophets. Say, thus it is written. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah... Are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of these shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. That's Micah 5.2. So it came about, it happened because it was written in God's word. 
And before it was written, it had to be spoken. So whatever God spoke, he wrote. Amen? Because God's an author and a writer. I mean, he's an author and a speaker. Okay? All right? Let's go to Matthew 2.15. Verse 15. All right, this is when they wanted to kill Jesus, okay? And the Lord sent them to Egypt, okay? And uh, verse 15 says, and, and he was there until the death of Herod. Notice this phrase, that it might be fulfilled. Say that it might be fulfilled. Which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, out of Egypt have I called my son. That's Hosea 11.1. 1. See, so the things that happened in Jesus' life, they didn't happen by chance. They didn't, they happened by design. They were according to a plan. Everything that God does is according to a plan, a design, a drawing, an idea that He wrote down. He spoke it and He wrote it. Because we got to know what's read and we have to do what's said. We have to know what's read. See, we're supposed to read the Bible. You know why? They would read the Bible to groups of people for the, a quarter of the day. They would take the scriptures and they would read from morning to noon with children, with adults, with everybody that could understand, they would read the scriptures. They did that publicly. Nehemiah did it. Joshua did it. All kinds of people did it. Now, if God would want people to read his word publicly, he certainly would want us to read his word privately. Amen? Because God always fulfills his word. All right? Go to Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. Okay? And let's look at verse 12. Jeremiah 1.12. Oh, Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. We get into the Word so the Word can get into us. The Bible is the best book ever. Yeah. Still the number one bestseller. Amen. Why? Because it's true. It came from God's heart. God's, God's got His DNA in this Word. Yeah. These are not just words on pages. These are living words. These are words that are forever established in heaven. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. That's how powerful his word is. All right, Jeremiah 1.12. Then said the Lord unto me, you have well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. I will watch over my word to perform it. I'm telling you, when when you come up against a situation in life, you can apply God's word because he's waiting to see it so that he can perform it. God performs his word. God is a man of his word. He waits to hear his word so that he can do it, so that he can perform it, so that he can bring it to pass. So when you pray, you can pray the word. Why? Because God is waiting to hear it and he's waiting to bring it to pass. Did you know that God guarantees his word? He said himself, he said, my word will not return void unto me, but it will accomplish what I set it out to do. Hallelujah. 
God's word is so powerful. Okay? All right? Let's go back to, uh, let's, let's go to Luke now. Luke, Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And look at verse 26. Luke 1 verse 26. The reason God speaks his word is because he fully intends to bring it to pass. When God says, by my stripes, you are healed, he meant it. He meant that his stripes that he took on his back brought healing to the earth. It broke the curse of sickness and disease and infirmity, and it released healing to those who believe it. Amen? Say, I believe that by his stripes, I am healed. Say it again. Say, I believe that by his stripes, I am healed because the Holy Spirit inspired Isaiah to write it. And I believe it because God wrote it in his word. Amen. Whatever God wrote in his word, you can rely on. You can have. You can be. You can do because it's a solid, firm foundation. Okay, Luke one twenty six. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Hail, thou, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled and and at his saying, and cast her, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and uh, you shall call his name Jesus. Hallelujah. Did that just happen by coincidence? You know, God didn't just send angel Gabriel and said, Okay, there's a lady there. Why don't you just talk to her? No, this was all by design. Amen? This was all according to a plan. A woman needed to be born at this time who was a descendant of David who hadn't had any kids yet and who was engaged to be married. This was written because Isaiah 7.14 Um, let's go to Isaiah 7.14. Let's look at what it says. Now remember, this is 760 years before. This is seven centuries, seven and a half centuries before that occurred. Do you know that God's word will last longer than seven and a half centuries? Even though God spoke it seven and a half centuries ago, it came to pass because God said it. Amen? That's how powerful God's word is. All right, Isaiah seven fourteen, it says this, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. That was by design. That was by plan. God had pre-planned, pre-designed, pre-ordained. It was a divine setup. Amen? It was according to God's plan. All right? 
So, you need to pay attention to God's book. Proverbs 4.20 says, pay attention to my words. Look at your neighbor and say, pay attention. Okay? How do we pay attention to God's word? We read it. We study it. We discover things in it. It's called revelation. We uncover things in it. How many has gotten into the word and you found something you didn't know was there before? You uncovered something, right? Kind of, reading is kind of like digging, right? How do, how do we pay attention to God's word? We hear it. We can eat it. God's word is edible. I'm going to show you that in the scripture. God's word is edible. We can memorize it. Amen? We can meditate in it. We can believe it, and we do it all because we need to do it. So however you value the word, the ultimate thing about the word is you got to do it. The Bible was not meant to be put in a trophy case. The Bible is an active, live book that is good for everyday living. Amen? You know, you got some clothes that you only wear on certain occasions, but then you got other clothes that you wear every day, right? The Bible is an everyday clothing item. Amen? Because it never wears out. It never gets old. The Bible never loses style. It's always in fashion. Woo! You always look good in the Word. Hallelujah. So, we need to seek to know what he wrote. You got to know what was, you got to know what you read. Amen? Okay? How do we know what was read? To know what he said and to know what he wrote, you got to ask the author. Did you know that you can talk to the author of the word? The people's names in this book, they were just the scribes, but the Holy Spirit is the author. God is the author. Amen. G- Hebrews 12.1 or 12.2 says Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. God wrote this book of faith for us so that we could live by it, so that we could do it. Amen. Go to Psalm 139. Dr. Fiona's favorite scripture. Psalm 139. Mm-mm-mm. And look at verse 16. Psalm 139, verse 16. Talking about how God knew you. You know, he said to Jeremiah, he said, Before you in your mother's womb, I knew you, and I ordained you to be a prophet. Did you know that your plan didn't start when you were born? Your plan started before you were born. God's plan for your life has been in place before you were born. God's plan was here waiting for you to get here. Amen? And and when you got here, God's plan said, they're here, they're here. Eh, hallelujah, they're here. I've been waiting for you. But there are so many people that haven't found their plan for their life. They're wandering in the desert. 
They don't know what to do. They don't know who to be. They don't know where to go. They're wandering because they haven't found the plan that God created for them. But God has a plan for every one of us before we were born. It was already in place waiting for us to get here. When Doug Pishka was born in 1969 in LaSalle, Illinois, God's plan said, yes, he's finally here. He's arrived. But Doug didn't find out the plan until he was 19. And I had many conversations with God to find out. I talked with the author. I did an interview with the author. And I was asking him what he had for me. What did he have written about me? And he started revealing pages of the plan that he has written about me. And I started taking steps to fulfill that plan. And that's how I ended up in Palmyra. Because this was part of God's plan for our life. I didn't end, we didn't end up here by accident. I didn't even know Palmyra existed. I, I had no connection in Palmyra. But it was God who brought us here over 21 years ago. Because he had it wrote down. He had it written down. And, and we were sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because you've got to know what's read, but you've got to do what's said. See, we got to know what's read because when we know what's read, it helps us do what's said. What language does God speak? He speaks the word. So the relationship you have with the word, it makes it clearer and easier to hear his voice. Okay, Psalm 139 verse 16. Your eyes did see my substance. Yet being unperfect. And in your book, all my members were written, which in continuous were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. God wrote a book about your life before you were ever conceived. God knew that you were going to be conceived. God knew that you were going to be born. At, and he, he knew that you were going to exist in this time and in this in this environment and God had designed it did you some of you didn't know that God wrote that you're going to be part of VCF and here you are amen you think you just came here by accident no it was by design it was part of God's plan that he wrote about your life amen now just because God writes a, about your, a book about your life that doesn't mean everybody does it you ever have a book that someone gave you you never read? Huh? Yeah, we got some books on the shelf that we never read, right? Well, guess what? You need to open up God's book and find out what he has for you. Find out what he wrote about you. Amen? It's like an, uh, an architect. He draws up the plans before he builds the building. You've got to lay out the plan before you have the material to put it together. Before this building was built, there was a plan. I got the blueprints in my office. There was a plan laid out. The building was built before it was built. It's called the architectural design. God's got an architectural design about your life. He's got the measurements. He's got the details. 
He's got the information. He knows where you best fit. He knows where you best work. Why? He designed you. Amen? So God does things by the book. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. Mm -mm -mm. Okay. Um, Let's go to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. And look at verse 46. Say God's word is his love letter to me. Whoo! You know, God thought to send the very best. He sent you his word, which he personally guarantees that it will be brought to pass. If you believe it, if you trust in it, if you adhere to it. Amen? John 5, verse 46. It says this. Now, Jesus is talking to a group of religious leaders. He said, For had you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? Pharisees were supposed to be teachers of the law. They were supposed to be specialists in the law of Moses. The first five books, the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Moses wrote those books. He wrote the story of creation. He wrote about Abraham. He wrote about Isaac. He wrote about Jacob as God told him to. Now, if they don't believe the writings, how are you going to believe his word? Guess what? The writings and his words do not differ. They do not disagree. They are in perfect harmony and perfect agreement. What's written on these pages are the very words that came out of God's mouth. So if you don't believe the book, God's got nothing else to say to you. Oh, you know, there's a, uh, there was a thing a few years ago. Everybody was wanting a word from God. They were going to special meetings. So I want a word. Dr. Fiona and I, we went to a meeting just to check this person out. Okay? The person was an hour late to his own meeting because the traffic, which is probably true. So he gets to the place, and we were there. And for another hour and a half, he gets up and says absolutely nothing of substance. You might as well say, twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. That was, enough, that was about as much value as... as and then, then he, said, he closes the meeting and he said, well, if you want a word, I'll give you a word in the back. Are you kidding me? You want a word from God? I'll give you a bunch of them right here. Because if you're not doing this, God's got nothing else to say to you. But when you start doing this, God will have a whole lot to say to you. Because if you don't trust the written word, how are you going to trust his spoken word? Because they come from the same source. They're identical. Amen? So Jesus said, if you don't believe what Moses wrote about me, you're not going to believe what I say to you. That's how powerful 
His word is. All right, go to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. And look at verse 30. Hallelujah. John 20, verse 30. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. I want you to notice, why were they written? They were written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Son of God. And that believing you might have life through his name. Hallelujah. The the Word of God is the Word of life. It's the word of health. It's the word of success. It's the word of victory. It's the word of overcoming challenges. It's the word of change. Because you can't encounter Christ and not change. Amen? So the purpose is so that we might know that we have life in his name. Okay? So, uh... You don't have to turn there, but in Joshua 8, 34, it says, Joshua read all the words of the law, the blessing and the curse, according to all that was written in the book of Moses. How would you like to go to a service and just have Pastor Doug read the book of Moses? What would you do in church today? We read the book of Moses. Doesn't sound like a fun service, did it? But Joshua did. He read it aloud. Publicly. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Go to Isaiah chapter 29. Isaiah chapter 29. And we're going to see how the word changes us. Beware this may cause joyful shouting. I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter 29 verse 17. It's talking about how things change. Isaiah chapter 29, verse 17. Is it not yet a very little while, and Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field? How many know we're in Lebanon County? We've got to be turned into a fruitful field. Amen? And the fruitful field shall be esteemed as a forest. And in that day shall the deaf hear the words of this book. Uh-oh, sounds to me like this book can promote healthy hearing. If the deaf can hear the words of this book, something took place in their deafness. Their deafness is no more. The deaf shall hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity, out of darkness. This book can open blind eyes. Hallelujah. It can heal deaf ears. Verse 19. The meek also shall increase their joy in the Lord. You need more joy? Joy can increase. The meek shall increase their joy in the Lord. Let me tell you something. You can't have enough joy. Now, we're going to deal with joy on Sunday. So if you're available on Sunday, 
We're going to deal with joy on Sunday. All right? Okay? The poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. What makes a poor person rejoice? They don't have to be poor no more. Poverty gets broken. I mean, why, why else would a poor person rejoice in the Lord? Because the Lord is the provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. He's almighty. He's more than enough. You rejoice because God provides. Told you it might, might cause shouting, joyful shouting. Okay, now what happens to the bad people? Verse 20. For the terrible one or the ruthless one is brought to naught an end. This book ends evil. It stops wickedness. It stops the enemy in his tracks. If the word says go into the pigs, the demons have to go into the pigs. They had to get permission from the word to go into the pigs. Amen? Okay? And all that watch for iniquity or evil are cut off. The word is a sword, isn't it? It's a double-edged sword. It can cut. Amen? All right? Verse 21. That make a man an offender for... A word and lay a snare for him that reproves in the gate and turn aside the just for a thing of naught. Therefore, thus says the Lord who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob. We're part of the house of Jacob. We are the spiritual heritage of the house of Jacob, which is the house of Israel. Jacob shall not now be ashamed, neither shall his face now wax pale or grow pale. You're not going to be frightened. You're not going to be moved. When bad things are happening, why? You're going to know your God. And you're going to know he's able to take care of you. He's able to give you the victory. He's able to provide. He's able to move you through. Amen? Amen. Verse 23. But when he sees his children, the work of my hands in the midst of him, they shall uh, sanctify my name and sanctify the Holy One of Jacob and and shall fear the God of Israel. When people who love the word come together, there's explosive praise to God in the name of... There's something about being in a room with people of like precious faith who value the word, who love the word, who get excited about the word. Something God can move in an atmosphere like that. I love the word. If you didn't know it, you could just listen to me preach for five minutes. I love the word. The word will come out of me because I love the word. It breaks strongholds. Sometimes, you know, the word's like a hammer. It can crush the hardness of a heart. It can crush the hardness of a rock. Amen? Sometimes hard things need to be crushed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They who erred in spirit, verse 24, shall come to understanding. So the word of God will give you understanding. And they that murmured shall learn doctrine. They shall be taught the word of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So God's word changes us. How many has ever been changed by the word? Go to Ezekiel chapter 3. Ezekiel chapter 3, easy E. From my rapping days. 
He's going to give us the victory. No, okay. I did my rap in Liberia, though. That was fun for the kids' service. That was a lot of fun. They, they enjoyed it. Okay, Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 1. This is pretty wild. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, eat what you find. Eat this roll or this scroll and go and speak to the house of Israel. <laughs> He, he was saying that if you're going to go preach, you've got to eat the word. The word is edible. Verse 2. So I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat the scroll. See, they didn't have paper. They had scrolls. So they wrote their words on scrolls. Okay? Verse, verse 3. And he said, said unto me, Son of man, cause your belly to eat and fill your bowels with this scroll that I give you. Then did I eat, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. God, God's bringing us into a land flowing with milk and honey. And we have to desire the milk of the word that we may grow thereby. And the word is sweet as honey. Hallelujah. When you eat the word, it's not going to leave a bitter taste in your mouth. Taste and see that the Lord is what? good see the lord is good he tastes good he feels good amen he does good things because god is good but it's all about the word it's all about the book it's what he said and it's what he wrote very important it's the logos and the rhema coming together to make an explosive force for god logos is the greek word for written rhema is the greek word for spoken word amen and both are important we, he gave us a book so that we could know. He gave us a book that if you have any doubts, you can refer to the, what the book said. And it'll cure your doubt. This is perfect love. And perfect love comes in and it casts out fear of your life. Hallelujah. Go to Joshua chapter 1. Very familiar scripture, but a very powerful scripture. Joshua chapter 1. And look at verse 8. Look at the first five words. This book of the law. Say, everybody say this book. There's something about this book. Amen? Amen. This book was made for living. This book was made for you. This is God talking to Joshua. God is telling him the importance of his word. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. That means you've got to speak it continually. But in order to speak it continually, you've got to read it and study it. You've got to get it in you for it to come out of you. If you don't put the word in you, it's not going to come out of you. It's like trying to fire a gun with no ammo. Click, 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 click. You know, you can't kill a deer if you go click, 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 click. You need some ammo in the gun, right? You need some explosive dunamis power in the gun chamber. So when the hammer hits the gunpowder, it explodes. 
We need to have the word in us like fire in our bones. Jeremiah said, the word is, I I can't help but preach. It's like fire. Shut up in my bones. We need some fire in our bones. Word fire. Your your fire might be real dim. Feed it some coal, the word, right? Shovel some word in there. Build that fire up. Amen? All right, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Speak it. But you shall meditate in it day and night. If you want to speak it, you've got to meditate in it. You've got to think about it. You've got to mutter it. You've got to repeat it. That's what it means to, to meditate. How many ate food today? Your body digested that food that you ate today. You took a bite. You chewed it. Your body started giving saliva. Right? And after you chew it enough, you swallow it, right? It goes down, but it's still following the process. It goes through the intestines, then the stomach, then you get all these acids. Mixing all that stuff, breaking it down. Right? And your body takes the good out of it, and it gets rid of the bad. What digestion is to the body, meditation is to the spirit. It's a process. Amen? How often did he say meditate in it? That you may observe to do. Know what was read? Do what was said. Why, why, are, you, why are you looking in the day and night? So that you know what to do. You, you encounter something in life that you never encountered before. I don't know what to do. Look into the book. Find out what to do. Then do what the book says. And that's when you have good success. Okay? All right? Do according to some that is written? All. For then, everybody say then. After you spoke it, after you meditated, after you do it, then. You will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. How many want good success? How many want to prosper? Then we got to do what it said. We know what we, know what we read, but now we got to do what it said. Amen. He gave us a key here. Was Joshua successful? I say he was. He defeated 33 kings. And he hardly lost any people fighting the kings. He took over a city with the walls were so high, they were as high as they were wide. And he distributed the inheritance to Israel. See, when you defeat 33 kings, he took over all their towns, all their villages, all their sheep, all their goats, all their camels, all their donkeys, all their gold, all their silver. He had enough to distribute all the inheritance to Israel. I'd say he was pretty successful. Because he did what God told him to do. When you do what God says do, you will have great success. Amen? Okay, you have to take the pages of God's heart and put them into your heart, which will turn out into your life. You get what God said from his heart into your heart, and when it's in your heart, it'll start to change your life, because God always works from the inside out, all right? 
Last scripture, Jeremiah 31 and 33. Oh, hallelujah. Jeremiah 31 and 33. Mm-mm-mm. Behold, oh no, yeah. But this 33, 31, 33, this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. We're, talk, we're in the days that he's talking about now. Yeah. Says the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and I will write it in their hearts and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Ultimately, God wants to write his law in our hearts. He wants to inscribe his will into us so that you know that you know that you know what his will is for your life. The most important thing you can know after knowing Jesus as Savior is to know God's will for your life because that gives you purpose, that gives you focus. That tells you what to say yes to. It tells you what to say no to. And God made his will. He said, I will teach you my will. All right? Oh, man. Psalm 40. I said that was my last scripture. This is my last scripture. Psalm 40. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 40. And uh, look at verse 7 and 8. That's it. Last scriptures. I promise. Psalm 40, verses 7 and 8. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me. Say, it is written of me. God's got volumes written of you. Which volume are you in? Volume one? Volume two? Volume three? Some of you need to pump up the volume. Now notice what it says in verse eight. See, these things are written about you. I delight to do your will, O my God. Yea, your law is within my heart. How many delight to do his will? That means you take pleasure in doing what God wants you to do, in, in treating people the way God wants you to treat, in, in managing your home, in, in overseeing your life, and in, in leading your household, and, and uh, training your kids. Amen. We take delight in God's will. I delight to do your will because the law is in my heart. I have a joy in me to do God's will. It's not a burden. It's a delight. It's a joy. It's a pleasure. Hallelujah. It's not a weight. It's, it's, it's light. Glory to God. Let's stand to our feet in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And let's get excited about God's word. Let's get excited about the book that he's written about your life.